Welcome to the There's More Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Karen. And we are here helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. And today we are being joined by Chris Gore. He's a pastor out of New Zealand who literally y'all has a heart for healing, seeing people physically heal. Yeah. Uh, like no one probably that we've ever really interviewed. No. And um, he is just just steadfast in yeah. his belief that we are all empowered by the Spirit of God, that it is his will to heal. Yes. And so you're just, I think you'll be challenged by the conversation and, and inspired in a really big way. Welcome to the There's More podcast. Well, we will jump right in. Well, welcome Chris Gore to the There Is More podcast. Wow. Y'all, we've got a special, special guest on deck yes. all the way from New Zealand at 7.30 in the morning <laughs> and um, on the next day. So yeah. he's in the future. <laughs> tell us what the future looks like, Chris. <laughs> no, I mean. I can tell you, you're going to have a good day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, um, Chris, I, I've actually, um, Chris was the director of healing ministries out at Bethel Church and now is pastoring in New Zealand and we can get more into that. But I just wanted to tell you, I actually heard you through Zion Fellowship, which is, and um, we had done an interview with um, Precious Jim Baker. It's, it's becoming one of everybody's favorite podcasts. And <laughs> I just, I so enjoyed you because there was a passion mm -hmm. for seeing people walk in wholeness and healing and freedom that I really connected with. And I thought, I, we've got to talk to this guy. Like, who is this guy? Where does this passion come from? Because it's supernatural mm -hmm. when you are walking this many years and continuing to stay passionate mm -hmm. um, around um, seeing you know sons and daughters healed. So tell us a little bit about you, about your background, your journey, what what got you to to, to doing and being who you are? Yeah. Well, thank you. First, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that the background really and the passion that comes out of this really came out of a passion of um, it, was, it was forged out of pain. Mm. And, uh, you know, and often and often we may not necessarily believe in miracles until we actually need one ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when we need one ourselves, suddenly we're forced to a point in our, our life of confronting theology in our life or confronting the word of God in our life. To, is is this thing real or, or is it not? Yeah. And uh, so so my story goes back uh, forty uh, about forty two years when um, I saw my mother uh, die in front of me as a twelve year old, mm. and it was. Um, but during that process of of you know of death, um, I would cry myself to sleep every night reading Mark, where it says, "You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover." And uh, I used to ask God every night, I said, why is it that we don't see this? Mm. Why is it that the church doesn't see this? Why is it that I've never seen a miracle demonstrated in my life? And I mm. said to God, every night I'd, I'd pray the same thing. Either the, the church is not true or your word's not true. And he constantly said to me, my word is true. My word is true. So that really was the beginning of the forging of wow. my healing ministry back in uh, 1982, uh, of course, I was only, you know, twelve then, uh, and then and then at thirteen, the Lord spoke to me in an audible, uh, an audible way, and He said that I'm calling you into ministry. Well, as a thirteen-year-old, I just assumed that meant the next day, and uh, <laughs> youngest yes, evangelist times, ever. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And um, and, and it wasn't until um, you know, we had the birth of our first daughter uh, when she was born in 1995. Uh, she was born with you know requiring uh, a lot of medical attention, and um, and that was really the the where the roots really began to go deep in our lives of mm-hmm. really searching the scriptures. I didn't want to see anybody else healed. I just wanted to see her healed. Mm, I really yeah. didn't care about anybody else at that point. I just, I was yeah. a young father, hurt father. I just wanted to see her healed. So I went on that search of how can I get her healed? If this is true, I want to see her healed. I really didn't, I really didn't care about anybody else. Right. And uh, and it's in that journey where I read everything that there was on healing. I read Caps's book and Hagen's and yeah. I mean I read everything that I could get my hands on on healing and it was uh, probably about six to twelve months into that journey where I suddenly realized that I couldn't even look at a sick person without feeling compassion for them realizing there's an answer for them why is the church so powerless wow. why is you know why why as a body are we not going after this and something just fired within me mm-hmm. where I just really began to go after I was pastoring at the time wow. and uh, I, uh, we ended up in uh, yeah, so we were pastoring. Well, I was, it was soon after my daughter was born. Uh, we, you know, we was the associate pastor of one of the largest churches in New Zealand, and uh, it was in 2006 where I, I was beginning to see miracles in 05, uh, 05, 06, and then. In, but there was there was something missing inside me, of realizing that I was seeing miracles, but the culture wasn't the culture for sustainability wasn't built. Yeah. You know, so I was yeah. seeing them, but I didn't really know why, why I was seeing them or how I could continue to. I, I really believe that the Lord's looking for fruit that remains. Yes. You know, he's not just looking for, I think sometimes we see a lot of people, they'll, they'll produce fruit. But my question is, is are you producing fruit that's going to remain? Yes. And, uh, and so it was, it was in that season that I realized that I don't know that I'm necessarily producing fruit that remains because I don't even know how that fruit's happening in me mm. and through me. So I went on this quest of a journey to Bethel to really build this culture within me of like, how can I, how can I help maintain this, uh, this season of fruit that will remain in my life over mm. the years? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of the history in a, couple of minutes. So what did yeah. you find when you got to Bethel? Did you start as a student or did you go on staff yeah. immediately? No, I went over there as a student. So we, we left the church here and uh, we went over there for, we're just going to go for nine months mm-hmm. and uh, just do the first year of ministry school. Uh, we went for nine months at the end of the nine months. Um, you know, like like most of the church today, we're very performance orientated people, and we can talk about that a little bit. But we're very performance orientated, and at the at the end of first year uh, of ministry school, I found out that there was an award uh, for the revivalist of the year, and I'm so thankful. <laughs> I actually I don't know how I didn't know about it. I had no idea about that because if I hadn't known about it, I probably would have performed to win it. You know, I had no idea about it. And I actually won that award. I was completely blindsided because I didn't know that there was an award. And that gave me a scholarship into second year. Oh, wow. So it was at the beginning at that we decided that, well, we might as well stay. Right. So, you know, let's do another year. So we stayed for second year. And it was after that that I was invited on to staff. Wow. uh, And came on uh, as the associate director of healing 
uh, rooms and within a year or so it took on the whole healing ministries as the director of healing ministries for your know, healing healing rooms healing you know just healing everything in the church yeah. right I so mean, were you doing that during covid chris that was your was that your yeah. role during covid yeah, we we still we still you know we had uh, the operations were still a little limited to we needed to operate within some of the guidelines of the city, mm-hmm. um, but we moved really uh, most of the healing rooms moved to online. So we actually expanded over that time, and uh, we opened the healing rooms to online to the world rather than more just so much reading. So we just we just had, we had to pivot in that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, California, where we lived, is a is uh, the the restrictions are not quite so tight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, because right. Because it's because of p- political uh, biometrics. Yes. <laughs> so we're a- we were able to operate in some degree uh, with you know we still had some restrictions, but uh, mm-hmm. you know as soon as we as soon as we're allowed to open, we 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 did, but we yeah. continued to operate right through that time. Yeah. Yes. Chris, I you know I, I feel like um, you know. I feel like most people um, that are listening have never met anybody like you, mm-hmm. right? That is, yeah. that is this heavily focused and just zeroed in on healing. And um, I think, you know, a couple the first question I have, or I think I could hear them asking is, like, what would you want them to know about healing? Because I think most of us look at it as it's a, it's an, it's a, Miracle if it happens, it usually doesn't happen. Um, if it be as well, he'll heal you. If it's not as well, he won't heal you. You know, that's more their mindset. Um, what would you want people to know that you've discovered about healing? Mm, that's good. I, I think that, you know, when when I it's a great question and when, you know, these the questions I get confronted with all the time. But I think that there's one passage in scripture that would really summarize if we truly understood this one passage, if we went into the, in the depths of this one passage, I think that so much of the mystery uh, would be clarified in our lives. And that would be Hebrews 1.3, that he is the exact representation of the Father. Yeah. Referring to Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we could talk on that for hours. Yeah. We could talk on that one passage for hours if we just understood that, I think that so much of the confusion would be taken out of the healing ministry because if he is the exact representation of the Father, if you want to know what the Father's like, you just need to look at Jesus. Yeah. And when you look at the person of Jesus, you don't see in the person of Jesus. I, I actually I actually think, just deviating a little here, I think that many people fail to see the miraculous in their lives because they're not ministering how Jesus told us to minister. Mm. They're not representing the Father. They're not representing Christ. They're not ministering how Christ demonstrated to minister. And so when we look at the person of Jesus, we don't see in the person of Jesus anyone that came to him and him not heal them. Everybody that came to him, he healed without exception. There was no exception. The 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 word of the Lord says, as he is, so are you to the world. That's right. And so when so we need to begin to demonstrate as he is, because that's who we are. We are as he is to yeah. the world. Everybody without exception that came to him was healed. And so I'm not a I'm not a great Calvinist at all. You know, it's I'm I'm one of those people that, you know, it's it's easy to say, well, the person wasn't healed, so I guess it wasn't the Lord's will. 
to me, that's just sweeping, sweeping mystery under the carpet of God's sovereignty. And yes. all this we do is we're watering the gospel down. Yeah. And uh, and that's not that's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is is that all would be healed, just like it says in, in Peter and one Peter that it's that it's the Lord's will that no one should perish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do people perish? Yeah. Well, of course they do. Mm-hmm. But it's in the same way. It's the same. It's the same cross. It's the same Christ that took upon. Uh, took our sickness upon himself. So it's in exactly the same way that we're also healed. It's his heart to be for us to be healed as much as it is to be saved. Does that mean I see everybody healed? No, of course it doesn't, but it doesn't change his will. That's yes. right. Yes. And if Pre- we could just understand, if yeah. we could, yeah. Yeah. If we could just understand the heart, if you want to know what the father's like, you just need to look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Jesus and you begin to, I begin to use his life as a role model for ministry. He is, I tell people all the time, he is, I have no role models in life except Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I obviously have people that I look up to and people that inspire me and people <laughs> sure. that I love and people that speak into my life, yeah. all that. But as far as a supreme role model, it's one. It is the person of Jesus. Everybody that came to him without exception was healed. And yeah. that is that is what I'm after. If they come to me, I mean, I know this sounds this kind of sounds a little harsh, but if they come to me for healing and they don't get healed, guess what? They didn't get Jesus, they got me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow. wow. I love that. Wow. Wow. And how do you how do you manage that the tension? That tension of mm-hmm. well suck. They got me that day. I mean, you know, because not everybody, I mean that has come to you for healing has gotten healed, obviously. And so what, how do you manage that tension of God, I got Chris today and not Jesus. And, and how do you, how do you manage that when union is our truth as he is? So are we. So if he's in us, I mean, you know, this is the deep thoughts by Rachel here, but I'm like, for real, if he's, if he's in me, then, then they're not getting me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's this tension there. You're absolutely right. Not everybody I see healed. Sorry, everyone that I minister to gets healed. But the reality is if I begin to change my attention and I begin to change my focus yeah. to uh, or change my theology because somebody didn't get That's healed, right. all as I'm doing is watering the gospel down. That's right. And then as time goes along, the distance between – uh, Christ and my experience begins to part, not grow closer together. Right. So do I, you know, do I have, uh, do I have attention? Yes, yes, absolutely. There are many that, that I'm not seen healed, but I refuse to change my theology based on my experience. Right. My theology is based on the person of Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah. who everybody that came to him was healed. And the more that I, I, you know, I'm very uncompromising. Yeah. I'm very, very uncompromising when it comes to, to the gospel and Jesus as our role model, I, I will not bend on this. Yes. So I continue to hold the line. I continue to stick to that. And the more I stick to that, the more I see. Yeah. And uh, and it's really the only thing that can bring sustainability in my life because yeah. if I begin to water it down, then how can I, you know, let's just say I water it down to, well, I don't know that it's, 
the Lord's will to heal you. How can I actually ever even pray for you with confidence that's right. for you to be healed? Yeah. Totally. And, totally. You know, and, and that's what the church is full of. Yeah. Yeah. We're full of compromises, full of compromised uh, believers who don't know the heart of a father. Right. And when we begin to truly understand the heart of the father, regardless, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what the word says. Yes, totally. Hey, friends, we absolutely love creating this podcast for you. And if you want to help us continue to do that, we would love your support. In the show notes, you'll find the link or you could go to BeStillMinistries.net. Thanks so much for listening. This is the tension that that I feel like I live in so many times when someone's body is so ravaged by whatever it is, you know, cancer, you know, take a Benny, you know, a, a situation like that, where it's just like, it's so clear that the body is not responding to anything, you know, and this person is about to go. How do you pray in those situations, Chris, when it's like, they're clearly just ready to to move on. And, but yet there's this tension. I get it when they're, when the person's 40, but what, what about when they're 70 or 75 or 80, you know, and their body's just like, it's kind of done. Their days are clearly being, the numbers are getting shorter. How do you manage that tension when you're praying, when people want, because a lot of times I don't think these people want to be healed. So how do you, as someone who wants to heal, manage that tension? You know what I'm asking? I do. It's interesting though. It's tough. This is, this is such a, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I just, inquiring minds want to know. That's a big question. (laughs) It's a big question, but it's a great question. And, you know, I'm, I, I find myself involved in that circumstance all the time. Just last Saturday, I, I had to do the funeral service for my spiritual mom uh, here mm. in, in New Zealand. You know, so I, I am faced with that dilemma all the time. And she would be, you know, one of the people that I, I would significantly look up to mm. uh, in this nation and over the last 20 years in my life for continuing to stand that line with me of, mm. of of no compromise, but at the end of the day, she wasn't old. I mean, she was seventy nine, which I I didn't. Yeah, that's young. I get that side. Right. It's like yeah, it's not that old. I used to think it was old. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. That's that's young, and um and and so even in that is that you know she had she had uh, cancer and heart failure, mm. uh, but even in that is. Do I believe in in that that's the Lord's heart to heal us? See, I don't believe that it's the Lord's will for us to perish in sickness. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? Even in old age. That's right. I, just, we're taking a little bit of a sidetrack. No, here. I love it. I, I want to hear it all. Young, I, yeah, I, I think that many people perish in sickness in old age because that's what they expect Spectate, will happen yeah. to their body in old age mm-hmm. so we get what we expect you know or we're gonna die of something don't we or do we no. i mean people say that all the time oh gosh yeah i mean they they say that like well i'm gonna die of something well, well no. why you could just fall asleep just go, that's yeah. what i mean uh-huh. yeah i want to be like enoch me too that's right. oh amen i want to i want one leg out of the bed my, ready to go just minister. find my boots <laughs> that's right <laughs> my boots will just be on the side of the bed and i'll be gone please <laughs> please yeah. let that be yes we agree we agree chris but it yeah. is like you know the world 
when the body is clearly going, you know, I mean, it's like, how did you, no. how did you manage that tension? I'm just so curious. We deal with a lot of dying yeah. people and, you know, death no, a lot. I mean, I had to, I, I sat with, I sat with her. I mean, she thought she was going 18 months ago and I sat with her in hospital with COVID. She didn't die of COVID mm-hmm. uh, and you know, she's in hospital. I managed to kind of s- sneak in there and had some time with her when she had COVID. And, uh, and she said to me, I think I'm, I think I'm going. And oh, I wow. Said, no, no, you're not. I said, you're not going. I said, it's not, it's not your time. And I, and she said, I want to go home. And oh, I said, okay. well, I'll, I'll take you there as soon as you're, uh, I'll take you there in my car as soon as you're dismissed out of here. And she says, I'm not talking about that home. Wow. She said, I'm talking about, I'm talking about heavenly home. And I said, we're not talking about that today because I really don't believe it's the timing. It's not your time to go. You've got things here to do on earth. Yeah. Now she she pulled through and she lived for another eighteen months, for which I just for I just did the funeral for. And uh, but there's a time there's a time also when that as as a healer and as someone that ministers to people is that you've obviously got to have compassion and sensitivity to the situation at hand, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, it's for, for example, you may believe in the resurrection of the dead, right. To raise somebody from the dead, which, which I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have we do way too. More com- I have way more conviction in healing than resurrection of the dead. Right. Right. So I do believe it's the Lord's will to resurrect someone from the dead, but is it the Lord's will to resurrect someone from the dead? whose body's been ravished from cancer and they're 90. Mm. You know, I mean, if they're going to come back, they better come back whole. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. You, you know, so I think that there's times to, there's times when as a minister is that you can't just be the dead raiser. Yeah, right. You've got you to have the pastor hat on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and you need to know you you need to be highly sensitive to the situations around you. Not everybody wants healing, right? No, they you don't. Know, and just if they go. don't want healing, it's mm-hmm. like they they might want to go. And in her case, she just wanted to go, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. seventy nine, heart failure, liver cancer. She just wanted to go. And yeah. she, by the way, a little sidetrack here. You know, the very, the very last words she said to me, what? she's, you know, I sat with her for 13 hours and held her hand on the last day from, oh. from 2.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon when she passed away. And, wow. and she was sleeping most of that day. And she, mm. she woke up and she looks at me and she says, Chris, I need you to do something for me. Oh. And I'm like, of course, I, I call her Mama Jills. I said, of course, Mama, what, do, what are you after? And I, I leaned forward because she was softly spoken. I leaned forward thinking she was going to ask for a glass of water or something. Yeah. And she looks at me and she says, I need you to kick the devil in the guts. Oh, wow. Oh, bless. Yes, ma'am. And she was gone. Oh. And then yeah, she I was said, gone. That, that I would do. Wow. That, I'll do. that, that was the very do. last thing that she said to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, yeah. you're right. So yes, we do have that. We do have that tension. Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, that, But you're, I, I have. Gosh, I'm so drawn to you right now. I just you when you speak the resoluteness mm-hmm. that you speak with mm-hmm. your tenacity, which is what we saw in the Smith Wigglesworths, you know, the Mariah Woodworth or the Catherine Coleman, you know, all of these people there the you have that similar, you know, tenacity. Yeah, that you know, that you know, that you know who he is 
and what he wants for your kids, you know, for his kids. And and I I look around the world and it's like, how do we get so off track? Like why yeah. why is this such a a small percentage of people know that this is in part of our inheritance. That yeah. this is who we are as sons and daughters that we get to do these kinds of things. Like are are you beginning to see with all the work that you do a shift in uh, in a, an awakening to the greater things that he has so much more yeah. for us or what are you seeing? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there absolutely there absolutely is a shift and you know one of the issues that I face is that in coming back to New Zealand um, is that you know I've ministered in 73 countries around the world and I would probably say that New Zealand is probably one of the most religious nations I've ever ministered in Wow and uh, so there, there's some there's some dirt that needs to be yeah. there's some dirt that needs to be plowed and that comes as a price you know I don't know that I've ever had so many complaints written to me than I have from from New, from New Zealand, mm-hmm. you know, complaints from pastors, complaints from congregant members, you know, of telling wow. me my theology is wrong. I mean, you're wow. really, you're really mowing against that religious spirit. Trust me, it is, it is really alive and well, wow. mm-hmm. but there's this hunger, there's a hunger in the nation of hmm. this hungry people in the nation. I mean, it's certainly difficult sometimes to find a hungry church um, but what is his church, right? His church is his people. people. We are his church. So there's there's certainly a lot of hungry people, and uh, you know, so we've we've had uh, we've had a number of challenges in in coming back uh, to the nation. We've only been back um, uh, two years in this coming February, um, February 2024. We'll be back two years. Right. And um, but but in coming back is that. We came back because it was just out of pure obedience. I yes. mean, because the Lord told us to come back. Yeah. And uh, it's not necessarily my my first choice. You know, I mean, yeah. ministry was pretty good of what I was doing. <laughs> but there's just there's such hunger there that I believe that God's hand is yeah. is on this nation. And uh, so we've been trying to make inroads. Uh, we've, you know, we've gathered a little army since we've been back. We've gathered an army of about 3,000 people that are, it's a pretty that, significant we, you know, that army. are really – Mm-hmm. That really want to stand and run beside us, and wow. and you know uh, go after healing. Mm-hmm. That we would see healing. I, I really do believe that. I absolutely, with this absolute conviction in my heart, that it should be the normal expression of a believer's life to I have agree. answers to their prayers. Yes, and and that's what I'm going after. It's like I'm not so concerned about. I'm not concerned about busyness. I don't want to be busy. I want to be effective and impactful. Amen. Yep. You know, I'm really quite happy not to preach on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, you know it's like I, totally. I don't want to just put a tick in the box to say right. I'm full, I'm full every day, every every week this year I'm preaching. It's like you can be busy preaching every day and have no impact. Right. Yeah. The fruit you know, that so, remains. Yes. Yeah, so I. Yeah, I, I, again, exactly. It's the fruit that remains. I've got to have that fruit that remains. So we've been morphing a little bit since we've even got here as to how do we become effective and how do we become impactful where our events were easy to come to. We'd put events on and people would come. 
Mm-hmm. But were we producing fruit that remains? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so now I'm putting on, now on my events have sort of morphed invitation only. Mm. I'm really only looking for the hungry. If you're not hungry, please don't come to our event. Wow. You know, please don't come. Uh, yeah. I'd much rather you just stay at home and just stay at home and be miserable or something, mm-hmm. you know, but don't come to, don't mm-hmm. come to our event. So uh, we just put on an event, uh, you know, last Saturday and I put it, I intentionally put this event in, in my city, which is, you know, I, I live in a small city, 40 minutes north of Auckland, okay, okay. you know, on, on the coast. And it's like, I, I, I intentionally put it there <laughs> because I wanted it to be an inconvenience for people to get there. Wow. You know, I'm I'm looking for how hungry are people, yeah. how hungry are actually people to, you know, one, one person wrote me and said, well, I, you know, are you doing, are you going to do this in my city? Because, you know, 10 minutes is a little far for me to drive. <laughs> oh, uh-uh. you know, I'm like, well, I'm, no, no, I'm not actually. Yeah, so, <laughs> Take yeah. you off the email so I'm just, I'm re- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, we only invited people, you know, I use MailChimp as our mail list. Yeah. And, yeah. Our mail, and MailChimp can actually tell me who doesn't open my emails. Right. So everyone that doesn't open my emails, I'll call them all out and didn't invite them. <laughs> I only invited those that actually their ma- my to their contact list. We, he got <laughs> He's like, call, call, call. Okay, hey, I have a question. Okay, Real fast. go ahead. And then you can have yours. Um, so what do you see, Chris? Like the church is changing so much globally. What do you, what is like your, I mean, you know, we live in Atlanta. We're like Bible belts of the universe over here. There's a church on every corner but people are really dissatisfied, you know, like they're, they are. I mean, it's so sad. I mean, we're just like, what in the world? I love talking to people who don't live here. Cause I feel like y'all have yeah. such a different perspective, you have such a different perspective on it. So tell me what, like, what do you think God is doing with like the little churches, you know, on the corners, not us. We know what he's doing in us. We're hungry, but we don't know where to go because it's like, We've made it's been made so easy. It's almost we're like, ah, well, we'll just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it it is crazy. And it feels that things are changing really rapidly. And the amount of people that I'm meeting in this nation where as believers would obviously when we, you know, I meet you for the first time and, you know, is that little kind of getting to know me and you're getting, you know, and I'll say, you know, we often use those trite little lines like, hey, so. Where do you go to church? (laughs) Yeah. And the amount of people, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that will drop their head and say, no, I I, I don't, I don't right now. Right. Right. And like they're dropping their head in shame, you know, and I just laugh and I'm like, it's okay. Neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but for real. I mean, it's like a real, yeah. it's an epidemic, especially I think among people who it, it, who know the is. supernatural because we are not seeing that lived out. We're not seeing communities of people. I mean, our community does that, but I'm just like, it's not the norm. And we're getting it at a parachurch ministry, not in the church. And I, I, I believe, and I'm sure it's not limited this, limited to this, but I believe that people that are going to, People want four things. You know, believers want four things. They want God, right? They want authenticity. They, they, want, they want community. And they want a courageous leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that most churches, I don't know that most churches offer that. 
Yeah. You know, they might offer a sprinkle of one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they might do community well, but would they know if God's in the room? That's right. Would they know if God left? That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You know, most, you know, then you've got, you know, you might do great at community, but don't have a courageous leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that most people are so dissatisfied because they don't get those four things yeah. where they just want authentic. They want community. They want God and they want a courageous leader that will stand in the face of adversity and say, you know, I'm, I'm not defined by what I see. I'm defined by what he says that's I right. am. That's right. And, and just charge forward. And that's what mm. we're really after is like, and that's why I think that we've, we've gathered this large community of this, mm. or we, we're calling it a gathering. It's like, uh, I, I actually really feel like that as I'm talking you know, I don't know whether I'm speaking for all nations here, but I'm speaking for our nation that I, I actually really believe that we're in for a massive Jesus movement. Yeah. You you know, and it's like the religion won't know what to do with us. Yeah. <laughs> we hope. That's and, right. But, Amen to but, that. But, but, but yet, you know, it's just like this is rising, this is rising and amongst mm the people that are just out there representing the father. And I'm just like, I'm trying to gather those people to say, Mm. let's do community together. You know, we just had our first, we just had our first new event um, this last Sunday, which, you know, you had to fight to get in because, you know, you had to get one, you had to get an invitation from me. And (laughs) if you don't open my email, so you didn't get, you didn't even get an invite (laughs) anyway, because I know. (laughs) <laughs> so we just chopped all those off. I chopped a thousand people off from that, oh, you know, wow. and, and, and g- just gathering those people that are actually hungry for that, you know, so we're going to begin to meet on a monthly basis, but I've had hundreds respond to me over the nation mm. of, you know, of, you know, would you do this in my city? Would you do this in my city? I've created a little problem now because now the pastors are kind of mad at me thinking I'm going to birth a church and steal sheep. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in stealing sheep. There's 5 million sheep in this nation. We can all share. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of lost people in this nation. It's yes. like all as I'm interested in doing is, 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 is I'm not, I'm not planning a church. Am I creating a movement? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Wow. Are you doing any? You of- know, maybe all as I'm interested in. Are you doing any of that, Chris, online? Because I'm thinking about for those of us that we're not 10 minutes away from New Zealand, <laughs> I'm like, that might be a little difficult to no, get over there. Yeah, it, it, it has been a little hard because I, I think that a lot of the online has created the opposite of community. Yeah, tr- truth. Total you know, truth. So where is community? You know, so so we've made it a big thing. We're going to do food together. You know, okay. like we're going to we're going to do we're going to do life together. It's like, we're going to do, you know, we're going to, yeah. and so people are say, Hey, can you, can I just, can you put a camera and I'll watch online? I'm like, nah, because that's not community. Hey friends, we are so honored that you are listening. We just wanted to share with you a couple of things that might help you in planning for 2024. We have father's house, the Bible study. You probably have all heard us talk about that. But we are offering one-day conferences, and we also have a new Bible study that we are coming out with called Whisper that teaches you how to hear the voice of God. It is very interactive. We have had so much fun, and we would love to bring it to your church in the spring of 2024. I'd love to um, Mm, just kind of turn the ship for just a second because I want to hear 
Uh, if you don't mind, just a couple of stories that, you know, of healing that have just really just for whatever reason, really moved your heart. I mean, everyone I know moves your heart, but is there a couple that you could share with us that were just like, God, God is just so cool. He's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. This, this one this week, and I have not met the man, um, but uh, I, I'm ministering to another man who has cancer and he was given just a couple months to live. And now we're about, mm, I think it's about 18 months and now he's still doing, he's doing really great. Um, but there is in one of our cities here in New Zealand and, uh, he has, uh, he has cancer. He has lymphoma cancer. Mm-hmm. It had uh, penetrated to every organ of his body. Wow. Uh, he was an accountant. And, uh, so he went there. He has just given uh, just a few weeks to live. And, uh, so he went and sold his accounting firm. He's dissolved his family trust. He liquidated his assets. I mean, he just oh. consolidated everything in preparation for his death. Wow. And um, he picked up a book. Uh, I'm not sure of the title of the book. It's something. It's something like twenty. It's called something like Twenty Days to Live or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he read the book right about how you apply the Word of God to our lives. So he wow. thought, oh, I'll read this. I should practice this and started applying the Word of God to his life. He goes back to the doctor. They put up the before and afters, and they like we don't know what's happened, but there is not one trace of cancer in your body. What? Oh, he, that he's is completely me. confused now because he's just sold it's his company, so, so he doesn't know what to do now. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, so is, it's, it's no, nothing cool. like going into ministry at this point. Yeah, you're like really. you're already liquidating. Just go follow Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's, this just sounds like fun to me. You know, I know. Just get, get get rid of the distractions in your life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So we've been. Some, uh, we had some students in one of our cities just a few weeks ago. They prayed for a um, a man, and it's a homeless man in the street. They had a hole in his foot, went right through, mm. and uh, they prayed for him, and nothing happened. So they prayed a second time, and right in front of them, it closed up, just sealed off. Right, oh. they saw it. They had him take his sock off, and he prayed, and just closed off right in front of him. Oh, oh yeah. that is so, so awesome. Seen a 61 year old man just a couple of weeks ago, a healed of 61 years of uh, pain from uh, from club feet. Oh, just, wow! I just bumped into me. He showed up at my event on Sunday night, and uh, he's like, "I've had no pain since that day. Oh my no goodness. pain." Mm. So we are seeing we are seeing a lot of fruit, but I think that really the the main thing that we're really after is it's not about me ministering to people. It's about the body ministering to the body. That's, and right. that's what we're after. That everybody, I, I really, I do, I really believe with all my heart that this is not about the man of God. It's about the God man. Yeah, is that everybody gets to do this. I love it. And so I'm, I'm trying to move away from the old school thing of healing meetings. Mm, you know, where we have a healing meeting mm-hmm. and then people look to me to minister to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why we're not advancing mm-hmm. as a world. We're wondering why we're not advancing as a church, as a nation, mm-hmm. because it's become around the one man. Mm-hmm. And so we're after that, that everybody can do this. Yeah. So I'm just pouring my life into that, into e- equipping people that we can all do this we can all minister to the sick we can all be powerful yeah Uh, we can all see we can all see fruit yeah Mm, i mean it's just that's the gospel though chris Mm. i mean jesus he wasn't trying to take any credit he was like no 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 y'all go go do this you know y'all go do this i've given you everything that you need and Mm. it's like 
I mean, the model is there, you know, it's like, go create more, like my husband's always saying, who are you going to replace yourself with? (laughs) You know, it's like, go replace myself every year, you know, in the body, like, who are we replacing? And I love the go, go two by two, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that model of go together. Mm -hmm. Because if you're afraid the person you're with, let let them speak first, let them, let them start the conversation, you know, to the person that's limping through the grocery store. Yeah. And then you yes. come in and do what you do. You know, yeah. like, that's why Rachel and I love <laughs> to so do what we fun. do together. <laughs> yeah, we can we can laugh like, uh, yeah, just the 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 fun things we've gotten to do. We look like trouble together. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we are trouble, Chris, indeed. So, Chris, let's wrap up by um, just talking briefly about this new book of yours. That The yeah. title was, I, I can't remember exactly what the title is. I'll let you talk about it. Positioned. But, positioned mm. yeah and um what's that about can you tell us a little cliff note yeah the little cliff note would be is that it's really bringing the gospel back into our lives as the centrality of the gospel i i really do believe that many people miss their miracle because of two reasons right one is bad theology I think that most of the church has terrible theology yes. when it comes to healing because we're based right. it on our experience rather than the word of God. Totally. Right. And second and secondary to that, which seems contradictory, which is not it's not really, is that we would never need to discuss theology if we had a revelation of the heart of a father. Mm. Yeah. And so do I love theology? Yes, I do. But if we had a heart, if we understood the heart of the father, we wouldn't need to discuss theology. Mm. And yet, so you marry those two things together. There's something powerful about positioning ourselves and we position ourselves in the heart of a father Mm. and we position ourselves in the correct in in theology, according to the word of God around Jesus as our role model. And uh, so, so I'm really bringing biblical truth to the healing, healing ministry of, I think that there's many things that are overemphasized or misemphasized or underemphasized mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. and we end up putting people more into bondage than we than we do into truth. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, let's let's take example. For example, um, I love I love grace. I, I'm just all about grace because all by His grace, even on my greatest day of extraordinary faith that's still that's still by his grace yes right but if we take if we take grace for example we can overemphasize it or we can underemphasize it and miss the miracle so we could say well by grace i don't have to do anything really <laughs> tell me how that works out for you <laughs> yeah so so let, let's look at luke Luke 17 and Luke 18. So Luke 17, the rich, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, keep my commands. And he says, I've done all those. And Jesus says, oh, there's one more thing. Sell all you have and give it to the poor. Right Now, we know the rich young ruler leaves because he's saddened because he was a rich young ruler. The very next chapter is Zacchaeus, who's also rich. Mm-hmm. And Zacchaeus comes to Jesus, and he's known as a man of short stature, and he climbs the tree to see Jesus. He he still had to position himself mm. for breakthrough. Mm-hmm. 
And Jesus says, what are you doing up there? And he says, I'm seeing you. He says, come down, I'm coming to your house for dinner. So there's still, there's still a positioning that was needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that many of us, we don't know how to position ourselves. And the number one question I get is like, okay, I need a miracle, but how do I get healed? Mm-hmm. We, we don't know how to position ourselves in truth. And that mm-hmm. was really the whole purpose of the book is mm-hmm. to help people position themselves that it's, that it's by grace, but it's not by performance. Mm-mm. And most people are performing for their miracle thinking it's about what they've done or what they haven't. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not by what you've done or what you haven't done. It's by what he's done. Mm-hmm. And when we position ourselves to the truth of what he's done, mm-hmm. We actually position ourselves to the miracle, but yet most pe- most people are positioning themselves in what they've done, mm-hmm. uh, totally, right, or what they haven't done. Right. For example, somebody came to me in, in the weekend and said, "You know, I've uh, you know I've served the Lord faithfully for so many years, and now it's time for me to be healed." What oh. did they really just say? Yeah, wow! I qualified for my healing. Heard, yeah, I did it all. I qualify for my. I've done it all. I've yeah. done now. It's my turn. It's like. No, no, that's just the orphan heart right there. That's right. Yeah. Because it's not, he doesn't heal you because of what you've done. Yeah. And he doesn't heal you by what you haven't done. It's the same you come and say, well, I've got, I've got lung cancer, but I don't know that I can expect to be healed because I've smoked all my life. Oh, so you think it's about you. Mm, it's good. Yeah. You, you think it's about what you've done wrong, that's which right. is not. It's not about what you've done wrong. It's not about what you've done right. Wow. It's about, it's about what done he's right. done. So it's this repositioning yeah. that's required that's of coming back to understanding the nature of the Father and the yeah. nature of Jesus. Jesus Jesus didn't heal people to coax them to be a Christian. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. He just healed them because that's his nature. That's yeah. right. And he loved so big. Mm. Yeah. And and but yet as a as a body, we become mm-hmm. You know, we become more about our works and, you know, and that's not what it's about. And that's really what Positioned is about is mm-hmm. how do we position ourselves? One, to the book's called Positioned to Receive and Maintain Your Healing. So it's about getting healed and it's about staying healed. Yeah, mm, it's good. I, I do. I honestly think that the Lord's the Lord's best for us is not our miracle. Right. It's about never getting sick. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. I mean, I think that as believers, we should be walking in divine health. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm after. The ultimate, the ultimate to me is yeah. divine health. That's yeah. right. Because that that's that's a financial miracle too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I can walk in divine health, I don't need to spend money on that's right. the health system. Man. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, totally. Or insurance. Yeah. Chris, as you ra- as we as we wrap up, will you pray for people who mm. are you know who are they know these truths but they're not putting them into practice you know and I think there's like this I don't know and you you know just because you've lived in the states it's like uh you know I know that that's possible for the smart people who went to seminary or the people who've been to BSSM but it's the reality is 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 Jesus is inviting us into a divine invitation for all of us to heal. And so, and that's your heart. It's like, I don't want more Chris. Gore. I want to create more Chris Gores. I don't want to be the, 
center of it. You know, like we, we, we want all of these people to be like Jesus. So we pray for that person who's just doubting that they're enough. Yeah. Well, you know, before we pray on that, I would say you are enough. Yeah. That every person that's watching or listening to this podcast, you are enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are enough. You are qualified. You have what you need, Mm. you know, but you are a son. You are a daughter of God. You Mm -hmm. you are enough. You have everything that you need. Yeah. And, but the Bible says in in Romans 12 too, it says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we we have to learn to go on the journey, and a journey is don't a journey doesn't necessarily conclude in a couple of minutes. Right. A journey is a lifetime, and for me that there's been a lifetime of of re- renewing my mind, of building history with God, yes. of and and enjoying the journey. Does it mean it's always been easy? No, there's been some tough times. You know, there's been some really tough times, but but yet to look back and realize that even in those tough times, I've I've built my history with God. I'm constantly renewing my mind. I have to feed my mind not on what religion hits me with. I have to feed my mind on what Jesus says I can do. Yes. And when when I begin to feed my my heart on as he is, so are you to the world, I'm not trying to become. Yeah. I'm beholding what I already have. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I'm on a quest to understand what I already have. That's right. It's just John 15. You know, I am yeah. the vine, you are the branches. Yeah. Why are we trying to become a branch? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we already are. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, so yeah. Good. So yeah. So you are. You already have it. So Father, we thank yes. you that we thank you for every person that's listening to this podcast, Lord, that they have what they need, yeah. that they are enough that it's the same Christ, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in me, lives in them. And, Lord, I pray that this would be a seasoning, a season of awakening, Father, that your bride would be awoken to understanding who they already are and yeah. what they already have, that the same spirit that is in me is in them, that they have the ability to be able to minister in power to the sick because your word says that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so lord i pray lord lord i even pray that as a validation of my word that the next person that they ministered to would be healed amen that the next person that they lay hands on mm. that, that they would be so surprised at your goodness yeah they'd be like wow that was effortless like what what has shifted i pray that the next person that they lay hands on would be healed regardless whether it's a small, uh, yeah. sore little finger or someone that's got sure. weeks to live mm. with cancer, mm. that there'd be a miracle that would be displayed through their hands. Yeah, thank Father, you, we Jesus. bless them in Jesus' name. Yeah, Amen. thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Oh, boy, that was a good <laughs> prayer. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, we would love for you to share it, first of all, with your friends. Leave a review. It really helps other people find out about us. And anything else you need, you can find it in the show notes. Thanks for listening.